0: Welcome to Comfortably Uncomfortable, not another running start. Thanks for joining us. We don't do small talk here. When we get outside and slightly uncomfortable, we get real. And we aim to continue these conversations here on this podcast. My name is Megan Fanning. I'm the owner of Zendurance Now Coaching, and I'm joined by Sean Meehan, one of our coaches. Let's talk, let's get uncomfortable, and let's see where the conversation goes. The information in this podcast represents the views and opinions of Zendurance Now Coaching. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes. This podcast is not intended to be a substitute for medical or psychological advice or treatment. We may be right, we may be wrong. Either way, be a solid
1: human. If you're thinking about making questionable decisions, please seek out an expert. Good morning, Sean. How
0: you
2: doing? Good morning, Meg. How are you doing?
0: I am excellent. So we have a guest today, in case you didn't know, Sean. I didn't. Who do we have? (laughs) This this wonderful woman just showed up just showed up on our Skype call. (laughs) So so today today we have Mindy Randall and I was thinking about this before the podcast. So welcome Mindy, by the way. Oh thank you. I'm happy to be here. So that's good morning. So I met I met you and your husband, um Eric, right before I moved to New Hampshire. So I was doing the Mount Washington Road race, and oh my I showed gosh, up. Yes, yep. And I was running with my um, team RWB shirt on. And Eric, being who he is, just the ultimate social butterfly, uh, you know, came over and introduced himself. He saw my t-shirt, and we started talking, and he said, um you know i explained oh you know i I haven't moved yet i'm about to move um i'm joining a chapter up here and he said what chapter and we started talking and it was the same chapter then you came over and he introduced me to you and then we all made our way up mount washington so (laughs) and i think we've we've been in each other's circles for uh, so it's been for six years has it been that long wow yeah wow yeah.
3: Time is passing, isn't it?
0: Wow. It, it, yeah. defi- it definitely
3: and, has. And you've done Mount Washington again? Since
0: yeah, then? a couple times. Yes. I love that race. That's one of my favorite. Yeah. That's one of my favorite races because it's just fun. And I always feel like <laughs> yeah, well, you, that's
3: you, a you, weird type of fun. <laughs> yeah,
0: I know. I, I'm not right in the head. <laughs> but it's like you, you climb and you climb. And then I love that point, mm-hmm. depending on the weather. When um you get right above the cloud cover, and yeah. it's just like, like if there's heaven, I think that's what heaven looks like. I love when you summit, and you right. get that view, and you can yeah. see, and the sun shines, and mm-hmm. and it is just, yeah,
3: it's pretty spectacular. You stop for a moment, look around, it takes your breath away. Yes,
0: yeah, it really does. So as as hard as it is, um that's that's why I think it's so fun, just
2: I'm going to wholeheartedly disagree with you. I think the (laughs) is that you get a turkey dinner down at the bottom when you complete the race.
3: Yeah, that that was really cool. And then they did COVID turkey dinners, and there were like a box. Oh, that's
2: sad. Yeah, (laughs)
3: instead of watching them carve the turkey for you and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that was my. I think that was part of my favorite reason for doing it. It was. The, the the wow factor of getting to the top. But then when you got mm. down to the bottom and you were cold at the top and you got to the bottom and the sun was shining and you were mm-hmm. baking and then you had this turkey dinner and cranberry sauce. Mm. Yeah, that was good. I loved
1: it's it. A, it's a fun race.
3: Yeah, I just did... Um, Last year, it did it's running up the um, oh the incline where the hog rail is the surface oh, road. Gotcha. So it's it's not pavement; it's dirt, and it's only three miles to the top. Oh, so it's 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 a whole new factor of fun. What's the <laughs> what's the much- elevation
0: gain on that?
3: Three thousand something,
0: three thousand one hundred for the, for the, for right the three
3: times? miles. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the incline is something close to twenty-one percent, I believe, the whole time. But it's nice. at one point it gets it gets where you're crawling on your hands and knees just to get up the next couple of feet. It's very interesting. Yeah, you, sh- you should check it out if you like that yeah. sort really of fun. <laughs> um, I don't I, think Sean would.
2: Is that is that the is that the where you actually can race the cog rail train going up like I know I do have some friends that have done that like where they race the actual train going up and try and beat the train
3: yeah only one person meet to beat the train and it was not me <laughs> i did <tell you> that <laughs> there there are three waves. so that's the elite wave goes up first yep. um and then then there's a uh kind of an intermediate wave and then there's the chill wave and <laughs> i was in <laughs> i was in the chill wave believe me it was just
0: i have yeah. never yeah. i've never been on that cog railway and i will never ever go on it it like oh really? cause it it petrifies me it looks like it's from like the 1800s and it's so rickety that um no i i'd have a i'd have an anxiety attack and um a heart attack and just die
3: again.
1: <laughs> oh no,
0: no.
3: i'll tell you i got to the top and i was like put me on the train i'm not running down at all
0: <laughs> really so. oh shit! it looks too <laughs> yeah. so scary is it like rickety though it always just looks like it's gonna break no no um uh
3: it felt really secure and it was just beautiful um in the fall, you're just sitting there and you, you can just see the colors all through the valley and stuff. Oh, yeah.
0: that sounds you, pretty. Y-
3: yeah, you should do it
0: once. Okay, I might have to like pre-medicate or something. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if you can run up the mountain, you can sit on that clock. Um, it inclines so that you feel, you can feel, um, you kind of feel like you're going up, but the, the way the train set. It's more level for you than it actually looks like from the outside. So. All
0: right. I'll take your word (laughs) on. You should try it. So, so Mindy, you also have a coaching business. You are forward motion running. And one of the reasons we wanted to have you on is one, because you're just, you're just in the same, you and I are in a lot of the same circles, but. Sean and I wanted to get people on that also do what we do, because I think that people from the outside think that we're competition and it's not, it's yeah. not like that at all. Um, every, you know, every coach has a specialty. I mean, and even within, you know, even within our business, um, right. um, so tell, tell us about, tell us about your business. Tell us, who you coach, what you coach, how you do it, anything you, uh, anything you want to share? Oh,
3: um, well, I'm really happy to work with other coaches. I think that is just incredible because each athlete has a, uh, a specific need and they need to have that feeling that their coach is going to meet whatever need it is. Um, Some athletes need a little more hand-holding. Others just want this really strict schedule, and and each athlete has a different need. So um, my goal with my athletes is just to um, meet their needs where they are. Mm -hmm. I have a very small running coaching business. Uh, I do it part-time, and... um, I do that on purpose to have a small business because I want to make sure my athletes get what they need, whatever that is. So I coach athletes anywhere from, uh, I have an absolutely delightful senior athlete and she wants to maybe someday run a 5K. And so I work with her just on walking and Mm -hmm. um, making it through her daily routines and her issues that she has. And then I coach everything up to uh, ultra running athletes, trail running athletes. Um, a majority of my athletes are women, but I think it's just because of the nature of the fact that I like to support uh, them. And a lot of guys, I think, feel like if just give me the program and I'll run it, and I'll be fine. <laughs> um, and I do like that uh, communication, the hands on. We're working together as a team. Uh, what are your goals and how can I support you in getting your goals? Um, you know, whether you need me to believe that you can be successful or you need a, uh, somebody to kind of be there and push you a little bit more, whatever it is. Um, so my, I, don't, I just really enjoy that giving back to an athlete that I got when I was learning how to do things um and all the, i think about all the mistakes i made cuz i didn't have a coach and um how do i put this and i'm love being there for somebody else when they have questions so that they can work through their fears and and have that feedback of somebody that's been there done that and um yeah i'm I don't know. I just really enjoy it. I enjoy the the, the communication. I enjoy the uh, camaraderie. I enjoy seeing more than anything else people being successful at achieving whatever that goal is their dreams, their running a 5K, uh, getting on the trail, summiting a mountain, whatever it is. So,
1: does that answer your questions?
2: <laughs> so, I really. To how you got into coaching and why you got into coaching. I I also coach a small handful of people. I try and keep it really personal. Um, right. Cause, cause personal. I, work, I like that. Because I work a full time job outside of outside um, here, and if I it, I want to be able to give the best service to my athletes, right? Like that's, right. that's part of what it is. But when when I got into it, it was you know you start talking to people about running and people start asking you questions and it's something that you you're so passionate about that you're like how do I give this to more people how do I share this with more people and I it's, that's what it sounds like how you got into coaching and
3: yeah exactly um I've, uh, yeah, i yeah I'm at a loss because I yeah it's just an overwhelming sense of uh trying to give back to others what um, sometimes I didn't have, and all the mistakes I made, and then just trying to keep this a one-on-one thing rather than having a hundred athletes that I'm just barely writing a program for each time, and I don't know who they are. Um, I feel like a lot of coaches, uh, not here locally, but I've seen some of the big name coaches write a program and say, "Do the program. I don't care what else is going on in your life, and I feel like um, that just provides a whole new level of stress in in an athlete's life. And between being sick and family and work and everything else, people just don't need that. When it's the program is important, but it's not everything. Sometimes it's giving them time to recover. Sometimes it's being aware that they just need an extra hour of sleep.
0: I agree. I think that you sound like you coach a lot like we do. And when I first started coaching, um, this was, this was before Sean, um, I ended up, I had a ton of athletes and it was way too many. And I found myself forgetting, forgetting details. And I would forget like, wait a minute, is this, they work, they work nights, but they can't work, you know, I, or, Women. right how right. old are the how old are their kids and i forgot i was forgetting details like that and that's when i was like i have too many people um i don't like coach i mean we we we, we will offer a training program if somebody just wants a like a 100 mile training program or 50 mile or whatever it is 5k right, um, right. we can do that but for the most part that client's pretty rare um I don't have a lot of clients that have regularity. Usually they're hiring us because they they have a schedule that may change or they're coming off of an injury or um you know they're doing a triathlon and they need to add swim workouts in and they don't know how to do the swim workouts with the bike and the run and you know little things like that. It's very rare that people just need a schedule and frankly there have been sometimes I've spoken to people and said, you know, there's, there's free programs online and directed <laughs> yeah. them and directed them to that. Um, most people yeah. need the individual attention. Um, and also the importance of nutrition and recovery and strength training, um, and also race prep, uh, yeah. a lot of the, or, a lot of the bigger coaches
3: or, yeah or, or whatever. Yeah. Um, I feel like a canned program is fine, but then the minute you can't make a workout, yep. you're sick, you oversleep, the weather's bad. Suddenly you're now stressing just about how do I make that work up? Do I skip it? Do I add double it? And mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what a coach is for exactly. to, to work you through those to make it Safe for you, so that you don't end up at the start line broken.
2: Well, I think the other thing about that too is, aside from just like the missed workout and how do you fit that in there, it's it's is this workout plan actually working for the athlete? Right? Like you can right, have right, a, you right. can have a, a workout plan that's set and has a, a a ton of mileage on it, and that doesn't work for the athlete. Or you could have a workout plan that has a ton of intensity, and it just the athlete doesn't recover, and the athlete especially if you're if you're looking for something right you there's and there's no objective like oversight over it then you miss that fact that like oh I can't I don't I didn't notice that I wasn't recovering I didn't notice that like the trend was going down that my my pace work was getting harder even though the at the, the, the 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 intensity was getting less and I I didn't realize how it was affecting me overall and that's where I think that's where like real good coaching comes in is as you find right. there's the there's the science aspect of it and then there's the art aspect of it right like you can the program human everything aspect. yeah right yeah. like you can program everything science-wise like according to you know whatever be, like Daniel's tables or you know whoever's methodology you choose um right. and then once that interacts with a person it's everyone's individualized it just it's it's like nutrition is super individualized right some people do really well on keto some people do really well vegan some people need gluten freaking issues like and you kind of have to figure out how that really actually works with the athlete and that's part of the coaching over time that needs to happen right like it's not
3: oh yeah and 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 if you data dump it in the first 10 minutes it will be lost two months down the road it's got to be given a little at a time I think a, a, a coach, a can program, so to speak, an athlete chooses the program, but they may not necessarily also choose the correct program for their goals. They might choose, they might, you know, have this vision of, I can do 80 miles a week and be successful when they're coming from only 20 miles a week, but they just mm-hmm. choose, um, Because their friends are doing this program, so it's got to be a good program. And a coach there also can help you be smart about your training so that you can be successful. And we can give you uh, data dumps such as, I bonked at mile 10. What am I doing wrong? You know, I, I lost all my energy. Oh well, eating during running might be successful or you know, mm-hmm. whatever whatever those small little things are. And those little things become aha moments along the way that help them be successful in the future, where a canned program doesn't give you that feedback, doesn't give you those aha moments. You just oh, I gotta get up and do another thirty miles today type of feel. So right. There's yeah. that mental aspect that you're right, the nutrition, the mental the the guiding hand that you can reach out to when you're having a bad moment and you think everything's lost, but in reality, you're right where you need to be. Yeah. So that's why, that's why I like coaching.
0: Yeah, it is. It's, there have been times when I'm working and it's so rewarding. And I think to myself, oh my God, like I actually get paid for this. <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and it's been it's been a few years and I have to say like I think my coaching has evolved um and it's gone. I think it it only gets better when I work with other people and I mean other coaches because a lot of times you know I'll be stumped or and and, you know just being able to reach out to somebody else and say wait a minute can you look at what I've programmed does this does this look right um just to get it just to get another set of eyes on it because we all have yeah
3: that is, that is worth the point gold. I wish I, um, I wish I were big enough to have another coach.
0: <laughs> well, Hey, um, use us use us. We're always yeah, happy. Okay. I mean, we're all like, we're all working under an umbrella here, you know, and, um, yeah, just yeah, call us anytime. We're happy to answer. We're happy to answer questions. It's, uh, and, and we'll do the same. We'll do the same to you, by the way. <laughs> excellent. It would be my, it would uh, be my uh, honor to to be helpful in some way. So yeah. So now just to rewind a little bit, how did you actually start coaching? Because you've been running for a while. So what was, what was the shift for you? Because I know you were dealing with injuries for quite a while. I mean, you were, you were, you were out. I'm you still were out dealing for a while. with injuries. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. I might be jumping ahead um, in the story, but yeah, but yeah just let, let us know how you, how you got into this and, and, okay. you know, some, maybe some of the races you've done, maybe, you know, take us along your trek
3: oh my journey
0: i was I was just looking
3: back um I went back to see what my first um ultra distance was um and that was a fifty k in Bartlett, Tennessee in two thousand and eight hmm. so that's that's where my my personal trail running journey started um race day started five o'clock in the morning and uh the sun hadn't come up yet midsummer about 95 degrees before the sun came up and it was 100 percent humidity it was one of those foggy mornings then the sun came up (laughs) and let me tell you for your first 50k there were a lot of learning experiences that went along with that uh effort but um yeah, where how did I start coaching? Um, well, I've been a veterinary technician for a long time, and my last job was working in veterinary rehab. Mm-hmm. So you're working on coaching people uh, how to help their dogs recover from surgery. And it's a very similar process. It's mm. this starting easy, um, and building on the process with strength, with mobility, with uh, good nutrition, and um, therapies that help them. And I just loved it. I loved watching the movement. I loved being able to see a dog progress through its injuries or uh, recovery from surgery. And then Covid happened. Mm. And it shut down it shut down the business. And now I'm sitting here um no job sitting at home trying to deal with the isolation that we all felt there in covid and and how what do i do you know do i go back to being just a veterinary technician at an animal hospital and dealing with all the covid issues there um i'm mid late 50s in age do i really want to deal with that and i thought well i've been running a long time i've been answering all the questions that people ask about, you know, trail running and things. I like thought, well, I could probably really enjoy coaching. And so I used my time to um, get my certification. I got it through USA which is the United Endurance Sports um, Coaching Academy. And um, just started a little business. And it's just been so much fun ever since. I usually have. Uh, I think the most I've ever had is seven athletes at a time. So really small. Uh, and that, that kept me more than busy, but, but now I do. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, but I do a little lifeguarding at the Y now and, um, do a little puppy sitting at uh, my friend's house. So seven is more than enough. That's, that's, that's where that is. Um, for me personally, I love trail running. I love um, at my age that I don't have to worry about being competitive and fast where I feel road running is all about getting to the finish and doing it. You do you do possible. pretty well.
0: You do pretty well in your ultras, though. You're not you're not bad. I'm going to give you a little bit of credit there.
3: I am um, yeah, middle to backpacker. Yeah, yeah you do. I, you, I, you do well. Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, we did the Kilkenny Ridge last summer. That was fun. Oh yeah, <laughs> That, that kind of kicked my butt. Um, yeah, I don't know if you've ever done that one or not. I
0: haven't. It's on my list, though.
3: Holy moly. 25 miles of mouth. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah. um, and in recovering from injuries, most of them are. I have a coach. I have a strength coach. And I have a PT that I'm working with. Um, most of them are not from programming, but from, you know, like I stepped on a pebble and uh, ended up tearing my hamstring and, you know, silly
0: things like that. I'm wait a minute, a recover- wait a minute. You <laughs> tore your hamstring because you stepped on a on a pebble? You're going to have to explain that. Yes.
3: What okay, did that happen? So, <laughs> oh, easy. <DZ. laughs> I did my uh, hill repeat, did all my mountain stuff, and it was great. And I was on my cool down, not paying attention, got onto some blue scrabble. Oh, just stepped wrong and it threw my foot out forward. Yes. And, and then I have to walk back up the hill to my car with a torn hamstring. That was fun. Oh. um, yeah. So most of my injuries are that, but I do have
1: um. Tried issues
3: that I'm working on. Let's put it that mm-hmm. way. Um, it used to be I could run no matter what, any which way, and I'd be fine. I'd recover. As I get older, I'm finding that my um, my form is super, super important now because it puts more pressure on things that take longer to recover. So,
0: um, yeah. Um, but think- and what are you what are you training for now? Because I, I see you I see you out and about. <laughs> on social
3: media well i'm i'm a firm believer that you've got to take time off like you've got to take time off from that distance you've got to do things that make you happy outside of uh putting in the miles if you would so the um november december and just going into january has been focused on strength and just enjoying my time out there and recovering from a a really weird injury. I don't even know what I had um, just to get my strength back and to uh, get my endurance back. So the summer, yeah, scary, very scary, very scary. Jigger, I signed up for the Jigger Johnson. Are you familiar what with distance? that one? What distance? Uh, I'm doing the kids race. <laughs> it's 50 miles.
2: Oh, that's awesome. So I will probably be out there. I I did not get into UTMB. So I think I'm doing the 100.
3: So you're doing it twice. So by the time you see me, you've already run 75 uh, miles, right? Yeah, I don't I don't know how the
2: course is laid out, right? So I know it's like yeah. they're, they're going to do the 100K course plus like an extra trip, it sounds like, up over uh, the, the the moat or whatever well, I, it is.
3: That's the 100K. The 50K is in Outback. I mean, the 50 miles out Outback, I believe.
2: I'm doing the
1: 100 miles. So.
3: Right, right, right. So yeah. so we start at one end over at the moats. You're going to start over on uh, Waterville Valley, yep. go up to Kunsa, and go back to the moats, and then go back to Kunsa, I believe, Okay. and out back. The 100K has a loop in it to give you the extra, uh, what is it, 12 miles or something. So, yeah, it should be fun.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty excited. <laughs> I, I have a bunch of... Right? silly friends that are also doing it. So
1: excellent. They, excellent.
2: They, they roped me into it once uh UTM, my, I got my my rejection from UTMB here. Oh
3: uh, Yeah, so this is gonna be more fun anyhow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Sean Sean did get into Western State, so we don't have to feel too bad for it. Oh yeah. Oh
3: that's that's amazing. Western states though is at elevation,
2: right? Uh it's it it's uh, it goes up over eight thousand but then drops down pretty pretty rapidly okay. off of that um yeah so it shouldn't be too bad um i've been out in tahoe and crude and paste for the tahoe 200 and um
3: oh great yeah,
1: yeah
2: so so, so,
3: so you you you've got that feeling of what when you get up there you can't breathe and your head pounds and yeah,
2: it's, yeah. It's, tahoe like i said tahoe is not too bad Eight thousand. what's once you're like in the 10 plus range like i did run rabbit run um, Okay. 2016, 15, 17, somewhere around that time frame. And at 10K, you really notice it and above. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I know. I know when I get to 6,000 feet, I know I'm at 6,000 feet. And then when I get to 10,000, I've just got splitting headaches. So I tend to avoid um, elevation unless I can get out there weeks in advance and train, even at... Um, used to hike out in New Mexico and go up to 10,000-plus feet. And even just hiking, you can really feel it. And so, um, yeah, I'd rather stay down low and get my butt kicked by elevation than have to go up and then deal with the uh, altitude issues that go along with it. So, well, congratulations. Western States is going to be. You. Uh, uh,
0: that's, that's one of the things we, we have had to convince our athletes um, you know, when they want to sign up for these races, that if they're going to be successful at elevation, you have to go out there prior to, <laughs> you know, just just to let you know, at least at least a week. Um, and still, I, I'd prefer even more time. But um and that's, yeah, hard. Takes, that's hard for people with takes, lives. Yeah. Um, as I used to work
3: in with red blood cells and it takes over two weeks for yeah. your red blood. Your red yeah. blood cells respond very, very quickly. But to get to the level that you need to feel good and healthy and normal, it takes at least two weeks, if not three right. for some people. And drinking hydration is incredibly important. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Or take a couple of trips out, maybe yeah. go out a couple of times. And uh, unfortunately, your body loses that acclimation pretty quickly, but it if does. you can go out a couple of times that will really help make the difference.
2: So, so yeah. I'm sorry, I, I did not mean to derail you, was there, you telling us no, 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 all you about didn't your, but I, I, but like I was, I was we'll excited about, about the jigger job, that was awesome. <laughs>
0: but wait a minute, Sean, when have we been concerned on this podcast about derailing? I think the last podcast that we posted was our ADHD <laughs> squirrel podcast. So, yes. so it's sort of this thing that we do on this podcast is we start talking about one thing and then it ends up going to another. So um yeah, it's sort of the nature of sort of the nature of endurance and chatting and <laughs> we we always And yeah,
3: we haven't even talked about our favorite trail food yet. <laughs> I know, right?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah oh so so okay so now that now that you said that um what is your favorite trail food? Hmm. Now nah, I'm gonna it changes.
3: No yeah. no I actually know exactly what it is. As a general rule it's pizza. Hmm because I did the, um, last year I did the Vermont 100 and my stomach went south early and I couldn't keep any, I could keep things down, but I couldn't stomach the thought of eating in
0: anything. And pizza, and pizza was, was the game changer, really?
3: <laughs> Sadly, <laughs> wow. about, I don't know, four o'clock in the afternoon, I make it to an aid station And I've been asking all along at all the aid stations, you guys got any pizza? For some reason, I was just craving pizza. And your your body knew what it needed. We got all these things, but no pizza. And I walked past the aid station and they had given the staff pizza for dinner. And I just about. Oh, I was pathetic at that point. I just about (laughs) inhaled. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's pizza. (laughs) And they're like, yeah, I said is there any chance that there's any left that I could take a piece? And they're like, it's for the staff. I'm like, but I'm desperate. <laughs> and they and um, I'm running a like, hundred miles. And I'm running a hundred miles. Please feed me. <laughs> Get that pathetic look. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, I went out of there with a piece of pizza and, yeah, I still had problems, but my attitude changed. My life changed. I was like, I'm going to finish now. That was that one piece of pizza that made my whole race. Wow. And I had drop bags. I had oh, sure. every nutrition I had practiced with. I had the smorgasbord that the Vermont 100 provides, mm-hmm. and it was pizza cold, dried up cheese pizza. I know. <laughs> so um yeah generally it is pizza um but i try to eat whole foods rather than the gels and things like that
1: yeah
3: um gels yes not rockets i just can't handle them um uh, yeah i don't do a lot of sugar i like pretzels and uh carbs you know things like that
1: rice what's yours sean
0: Oh my you eat you you're not picky you uh you eat you eat when you run yeah, like it's I, good I'm saying that is a good thing yeah
1: I have yeah. I mean I
2: yeah I'm so for western state, I'm working on training to have more liquid diet um which will be different because I usually I usually do like a solid food type deal, like a real type food, and then a science food, like a gel or blocks, and almost alternate one to the other. Um, Tends to work to keep my stomach pretty in check. I mean, your stomach's going to go south. I think your stomach's going to go south in 100 no matter what you're doing, Um, especially during the heat of the day when you're trying to like, your body's trying to cool and it's pulling blood away from the stomach and it's not digesting. Um, But I think with a liquid, more liquidy diet, um the absorption rate should be higher. Um and hopefully it depends. Easier, and hopefully I was gonna easier. say like for
0: men, for men, yes, for women no. You you'll well, be able I to
2: can. pull it off. I, I think. think I think I think it depends, yeah. right? So like like Mag Magdalena uh did yeah. yeah, did Western States when she placed uh the last was the last, last year or the year before? I think it was, was the year before. Where she yeah. still placed in like the top ten at a full full just just goo rocking the entire entire thing. Yeah, just, well she's just incredible. Like, um, <laughs> and
3: she's not my age.
2: <laughs> yeah, no. And I and I just I think it 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 it's so like I'm just saying, like it depends on kinda how, a little bit I think what you train with and then Right. Um and especially when it's a real hot race, I think the, the issue is that you're not gonna get enough hydration in because you're especially Yeah, you're out, sweating out west where you where your where sweat actually dry. evaporate yeah. evaporates. So
3: and you don't so it, realize it, yeah.
2: So and your that, salt
3: levels. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
2: So I think that like I think that's kind of like the, the the thought process on it. And I've talked to a few people that have run Western and they um both of them well one of them said that he had a rough day. It was really really hot the year he ran it and he said I wish I had turned to um an all essentially an all liquid diet way earlier in the in the race. Um I mean I'll still mix in real food here and there, I think. Um but there's
1: yeah
2: there's more and more um companies making gels that aren't like they're more
3: right. You you're absolutely liquidy right. than yeah, like Goo has one that I really like yeah it's a liquid yeah yep. Li- goo energy or something like that yeah
2: yeah and then like power bar has one they're, and they're yeah i started like messing with them and they're they're not bad but i mean typically i subscribe to the water in my bottles and food on my hip type of mentality um but in this case i think we're going to kind of have to change things up because of the race right race specificity right things talk so about.
3: um oh yeah that's important so my thought is, how many calories are you figuring out in your liquid an hour to are you able to carry enough i mean what is your are you gonna like separate bottle liquid energy or are you water in the back and mixing it up
2: so it'll be um i so as far as like fluid rate right. um, of intake. That I haven't dialed in yet. Calorie intake is for me really between like 250 and 300 calories when I'm trained properly. And my stomach is what I what I can handle. Um, I can't go. I wish I I wish I could push closer to like 350. I think it would be beneficial. And most times, yeah, it's like really a lot of times, like it'll it'll tend to shift down towards 250. Um, but like I think balance out over 100 mile it breaks about 280. Um,
3: yeah. And- it's in what twenty-four, thirty hours you're looking at doing, so you're Yeah. Yep.
0: Yeah, and that's why that's why you play with it beforehand. That's it. Oh you absolutely. Know, you just experiment absolutely. experiment and nail it down beforehand. The research has been showing recently with women that um that women can women can typically absorb less um, in their stomachs and intestines. So, if the sugar content, specifically the sugar and the carbohydrate content, is too high, then it does the stomach does what's in the intestines do what's called dumping, where they release yeah. a lot of the liquid <laughs> into your yes. body, and you get dehydrated, and right. um, and you get puffy fingers. Yep, and that's the yep. an issue I suffered from for years, and then I started reading this research over the past couple years, going. That makes sense, but it's something that women are more prone to than men. Now, this doesn't mean all women. It's
3: also that women tend to handle different sugars between the glucose, the fructose, and the sucrose. All those different sugars, they handle them differently, so, um, and they're absorbed in the gut differently. So a product that has a mixture of those in being able to dilute it to a quantity that your body can handle... Is much better than like. That's my problem with the with the goose and the gels is that they come pre mixed, pre concentrated, and it's really hard to um, adjust the ratio. Short of taking a swig of this and some water, and you're kind of yeah. doing your best on that. So uh, yeah, women's systems are a little different uh, for sure, um, particularly as we age. We become more sensitive to those things so our nutrition stress have to be uh really uh dialed in and practiced beforehand so
2: yeah i i i think that's i mean like i like said for all athletes i think you have to figure out really what works for you um right and that that experimentation is, is huge that's really interesting about the um about the ratios being different for men and women, I would, I would actually want to like see some of these studies that I'd, I'd really like to see how that like really breaks down and where they, where they, where it's. Right. As
3: as- um, I don't know about men, but I know, uh, Dr. Stacy Sims, are you familiar yep. with her? Yep. She's done a lot of research in, um, women physiology and she has some good, Uh, I took a a course from her. She had some good references on her course on to some of those studies. um, Most of our studies have been done on uh, young athletic males, and they're just starting Mm -hmm. to get into this whole realm of studies for women and then how um, women athlete at a – a younger age and then how women's physiology changes as they mature and then go through menopause and, and their needs. And just when you think you get it dialed in as a young athlete, suddenly your body's changing and you need to redial it in. And then as a, uh, a more mature athlete and your, your body changes again, you don't have the, uh, the anabolic steroid stimulus of testosterone or estrogen. And so, your ability to handle nutrition, proteins, build muscle—all changes again. So, um, I think it's helpful for for a coach to understand this if they're coaching women, particularly women that are uh, starting to go through menopause or perimenopause, that sort of thing, because their training needs and their nutrition needs are far different than when they were younger or. Or a uh, uh, male athlete's need so um, but she does have some good studies on this glucose fructose ratios and uh, as a general rule, what women absorb more quickly than others and what bothers them more. So
2: yeah, that'd be I'd, I'd have to dive into that. That's interesting. It's, it's specifically yeah, I mean, that. I mean, I've I've done some Stacy Sims reading and stuff like that, and um,
3: I'll see if I can find it.
2: And it's. I, I do like that we talk, at least it's it's not, right? There's not like, it's like coaching, right? It's not one size fits all. Some women do better right, like right. coming into their cycle and some people like women do better coming out of their cycle as far as like where their right. training, training is. And it's just making that awareness known to a coach or even to the athlete, like to start figuring out where those trends are and then you can better program for your athletes. I think that's a huge, huge aspect of what came out right. of what well, Stacey Sims is promoting.
3: I absolutely I she also promotes uh strength. Yep. But um most gyms, if you went to a gym, they're they're gonna start you off with a little five pound weights and they're gonna, you know, do thirty thousand reps six thousand times and and she really pushes it more to Um, no, you got to lift what lift heavy for you, whatever that happens to be and to do it safely, but to not sit there on 18 reps times five times, you know, and barely get your heart rate up. So, yeah, it's, she's got some interesting, um, philosophies that are really beneficial for, um, progressing, um. an athlete forward, particularly female athletes. So I
2: yeah. love them. I think, I think the, the weight training thing is huge. And it's so, I, mm-hmm. I find it very funny because, right, Megan's favorite tagline from Stacy is that like, women are not small men. Oh, yes. Literally, when it, when it comes to strength training, right? We, as, as a coaching society, we tend to treat women drastically different in the gym aspect of things, right? Where you're saying like, Little five pound weight, as opposed to like men making big powerlifting moves and like doing heavy weights and low reps. And we don't typically train women in that. And part of that is is cultural, right? The, the misunderstanding that heavy weight will put on big bulk and women don't want that, right? That's not aesthetically, right? And I'm using air quotes around the aesthetically pleasing. Yeah, yeah. What women want or what women think that it's going to happen. And, um, what
3: women have been told.
2: <clears throat> right.
3: It's over funny because years.
0: I, yeah. And I know that I've trained women and started them on strength programs. And they say to me, they go, I don't want to get big and bulky. And I, said, I said, look at me. I said, do I look like somebody that's going to train you to be big and bulky? I said, if we were, looking for that kind of program I would have referred you to another coach like that's not even my specialty I wouldn't even know how to train somebody to make them big and bulky again that's you know it's it just it's just simply not what we do but training you know both women and men and runners man we, we don't like to strength train we, I, I don't think we oh, do no. enough no no I, I love strength training you do you're you're the yes. you're the anomaly <laughs> but but
3: running road running in particular is a repetitive sport it yep. you keep on doing the same thing and you don't use so many auxiliary muscles you don't use your core that well um you're breaking down muscle instead of building it you need to take that time to provide that core stimulus that that lumbar stimulus you know the upper body so you can have that movement. Um, trail running a little bit different when you're scrambling up mountains and pulling a pack and everything, you're, you're tending to use more of your muscles. Um, so, you know, I, I less on the strength training per se, less intensity on the strength training when I'm doing a lot of mountain
0: running. Yeah. And for those athletes, I tend to focus on stability. Um, and you
3: know, where's your body in space. Mm -hmm. ankle strength and uh lateral strength that we don't necessarily need in a roadrunner that's moving forward
0: you know when i first understood this many years ago um i was doing crossfit on a on a regular basis and i was running at the same time and i'm doing this really intense strength training like to the point that i was paying attention to why my one rep maxes i mean i'm you know, I'm able to do pull ups. I'm I'm really like I have levels of strength that I never had in my entire life. And then I would do a track workout. Hadn't been doing any speed workout, you know, speed workouts oh. at all. But I got back on the track and I noticed how much faster I was. And I was like, "You got to be kidding me! Like, right? Why, why hadn't I done this? Yeah, you know, especially when I was in track, you know, in high school or in college. Right. Um, but I mean, we did a little bit of weight training, but but yeah, not nothing much. nothing for, for women it, like sean like you said, it wasn't promoted um like I think it like I think it needed to be, but you know now we know we know better, we know better, we right. do better
3: look at the look at the track uh stars, look at their legs. they yeah. didn't get those legs by just running. I can guarantee that, so you mm-hmm. look at people that just run like trail runners and things like that, yeah. and their legs are. I mean they're big but they're not like a track star's legs that are just massive right. to push that body it's incredible yeah. so yeah it's good good stuff
0: yeah. <laughs> 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 see, I, see i told you we always we always digress but, but it seems but it seems to work <laughs> when um yeah. after after i had had the fixator removed off my leg, which was March of last year. Um, the, the doctors told me I had osteoporosis in my lower right leg because I hadn't stepped on it in three months. So, so getting, so doing strength training, um, getting back on my feet literally and, and getting that pounding, getting that impact, um, that it has been it has been a really important part of my rehab and my training um, ever since. I mean, as soon as that fixator was off, I mean, oh, I had to yeah, be that. really careful because if I had if I had banged my shin on you know on a on my nightstand or you know something something silly like that, I would break up on. So, oh yes,
1: um,
3: oh, and that's but, what and yeah.
1: yeah, that's I what just I told my it with senior me.
3: athlete. Yeah, yeah, that's the same athlete, thing. Yeah, yeah you know as women age we're more prone to osteoporosis um, yep. lack of hormones and mm-hmm. these women that just want to sit and do nothing i'm like no we got to get up we have got to move we've got to provide um not just walking but that that strength impact <laughs> and that's why weightlifting is so important and that's why Um, getting out there and doing things and moving the joints is so, so important because we're trying to keep from getting the osteoporosis that
0: happens when you just don't move. Oh, and also, you know, Sean, you said this the other day, but training, doing one side at a time. I think that's also really, really important um, because we have a side that's stronger. Sometimes we're more coordinated (laughs) on one side. Um, And, and again, since, you know, coming back after all these surgeries, I do tons of balance work, um, tons of balance work, tons of strength work. It's it's most of the time it's it's one sided, uh, because I know that you know my left side is so much stronger than my right, but my right side tends to be hypermobile. Um, right. So and so it's keeping that in mind.
3: Difference. It does. That's yeah. that's what happened with me when I had my torn hamstring. I went to rehab on the hamstring and they rehabbed it so well that my hamstring, torn hamstring side has great flexibility, great strength. Mm. And now my body's out of balance. And that's part of the reasons why I'm still dealing with some injuries is because I didn't, I didn't understand that. And, um, it wasn't until recently that, uh, um, I've started working on rebalancing so that both sides of my body are working equally instead of one doing a funny stride here and the other has a shorter
0: stride, the whole, the mm-hmm. whole thing that you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. My stride is so off. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I, I don't know. Uh, and I really wonder what it. I mean, because it hasn't even been, hasn't even been a year, you know, since, since my last surgery, but um I wonder how it's going to evolve. I wonder if I'm just going to have to adapt to this kind of funky little stride that I have or if it's going to continue to open up. Um, I just play with it all the time. Um, I never allow myself to run to pain in my ankle or you know my hip right. or my back. Um, however, when it comes to strength training, that's where I really push it. Not, not to pain, but to very, very, very strong discomfort, um, working to failure. Um, And yeah, right. Yeah. I can't give it that
3: stimulus to grow.
0: Yeah. Yep. If I push it, I find that if I push my hiking or my running too much, I get lower back pain, lower back. And it's especially in my um, SI joint. But the more I strength train and the more I cross train, then the runs feel better. And as long as I'm staying right below, right below that pain threshold for, for running seems to be working. It's just, taking a while which is kind of frustrating i would i would like to be much further along than i am but yeah don't we all right (laughs)
3: yes um make sure you do a lot of like si specific targeted strength Mm -hmm. um and then in your glutes and um your medius maximus all those guys there yep and
0: it's, (laughs) it's funny that you say that because i was actually looking at my strength training and going gosh i really do need to work my glutes more that's that's i think that that i wasn't doing it enough um yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah, baby (laughs) see we're constantly we're constantly learning yeah but this is the beauty of coaching
3: is that um an empathetic coach a coach has been there done that whatever it be a long run uh, Mm um nutrition injuries can help guide you because they've learned along the way um little tips, little tricks, mentally, physically, to help get you through to the next level, where a a program that you just purchased that gives you X number of miles doesn't give you that same uh, knowledge, understanding. And that's why why a coach, a good coach is so important
0: for you. And I don't think, I I rarely ask somebody to do something. I, I can't, even think of an instance, but I rarely ask somebody to do something that I haven't tried myself. <laughs> it is, you know, especially with nutrition. And then I can often say to that person, I can say, you know, like Sean, what like what you were just talking about, I could not do your liquid diet that you're talking about doing for Western states. However, I know how to do it. I'm familiar with it, and I would you know, I encourage you to try it because that's probably one of the best ways to keep you hydrated for you know for Western shoes. Um and but there you know there are so many people out there well hey this didn't work for me so it's it's wrong. <laughs> right I mean right. And, and it's oh, not it may not be no. wrong at all.
3: Mm-mm. Um and that's why I you know somebody comes to me it's like what's your favorite pair of shoes? What sort of shoes should I oh, buy? I what I sort of shoe question
0: oh yeah I'm like I the hate the shoe question.
3: Shoe? Oh god <laughs>
0: yes my favorite question what sort of shoes are the best but you know what with that said i sean i've come over to your side and i think the vibram bottoms that they have on hokas are so great for trail running those yes those vibram (laughs) bottoms don't slip and i was running you know yeah i've been running you know i've run in brooks i've run in solomon's um for my trail running but i especially i've done a lot of hiking recently um especially in the whites when it tends to get slippery and those the rocks um and the vibram bottoms n- knock on wood i, I haven't slipped once um, well the
3: um if you like i mean hope is great if you like the ultras uh with a wider toe box they have a um a version called the olympus that mm-hmm. has the vibrant bottoms as well. And that oh, really? Oh, in, I didn't know
0: Ultra had it too. Oh, okay.
3: Yeah. But isn't that what you run top. in? I do, do run, run in, in ultras? ultras, but I do run in Hoka's. I used to run in oh, Hoka's okay. all the time. Um, I've been trying to run with a wider toe box because it makes my feet happier. It's mm-hmm. better for me. Uh, I usually run trail running. I usually run in the Lone Peaks, but the Lone Peaks um, don't have the vibrant bottoms.
0: Mm, so yeah, I've been exactly I've yeah. been trying
3: the Olympus version of it um, mm-hmm. and I purchased the weatherproof high top one for hiking and mm. it's been great for hiking. Um, Those would probably be good for snowshoeing, too. Um, right. And you can yeah. put uh, gators over them if you wish. Yeah. And, um, so I use them out. I'm going to I'm going to try them tomorrow out in the snow. Um, mm-hmm. Today I'm just going to go in my Lone piece, but I'm going to put a gator on. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
3: But that vibrant bottom on that on that granite, the New Hampshire granite, golden. Oh, I wow. don't know what it matters changer. out in the western states, but uh, definitely matters out
1: here. So. I love. What
0: do you What are you running in, Sean? I forget. Are you in ultras? I can't remember. No, I run. I
2: run Goats uh mostly. Oh, that's right. Okay, that's right.
0: I
3: yeah, I up.
2: love the Speed Goat. I picked up the uh, Saucony Endorphin Edge um, to give it a go, because I think it might be a good Western State shoe.
1: Kind of a low tread, fast back shoe, uh, light. But the Speed Goat is my, probably
2: my bread and butter for mm-hmm. the most part. I like the Speed Goat 4 over the 5.
3: Right, they changed something on it, that five
2: the, is... Yeah, it's the vamp is a, is a little, um, where the, where the essentially where the, the tongue meets the toe of the shoe, they have a, a, essentially a stretchy fabric over right there, and then the, the mesh that they use for the shoe um, is a little stretchier. So it actually, for a lot of people, it loosens up and becomes too loose. I normally mm. run a wide in my shoes, so I mm. typically tend to either find a shoe that has has a wide as an option, or run like a New Balance type of shoe, um, especially for like road running shoes. I, I typically run a New Balance because they almost always offer a wide in a fast in one of their fast and whatever their the fast yeah. and they and they run wide anyways. Um, but in the Speedgoat fives, I run just a normal width it I don't oh, really? stop, <sighs> yeah, so much.
1: yeah You so, should um oh, go, go ahead. ahead Megan. Yeah. No no you go ahead.
3: I was just gonna say you should try the ultra lone peaks for uh easy trail. Uh they're they're wide and they're 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 not as stacked, so they're very comfortable feeling. Um and they're light and they drain really well if you have to do river crossings and things like that. So um i like
2: them yeah the lone peaks i've ran in the version twos way back in the the day um just the toe box is a little too too um sloppy for me like where where i have like fat midfoot that's where i need like the wide the toe box is not really my issue with a lot of the shoes okay it's the midfoot um Uh, and so like with that becoming sloppy then i end up with a lot of like toe bang and other aspects.
3: I think the more you run in ultras and your feet kind of adjust get a little less, but yeah, I agree. Some of the um some of the ultras are a little sloppy to begin with. I find after 30 miles or so they fit pretty good.
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) See I have I have narrow feet. So I have never been able to wear ultras. Um, I have narrow feet and I have a high instep and then since getting the fixator off, I have about a quarter inch, um, lift that I have in my, um, right heel. Um, so just hokas, hokas for the road, um, hokas for the trail that has been the best, but prior to all these surgeries, um, I never could have a lot. I couldn't run in that much shoe. Um, I w- I always tended towards the minimalist shoes, but, right. um, but again, now I have to, you know, now I have to put something in my right heel. So, um, so yeah.
3: Right. Right. You do, we change, we, we modify, yep. we grow, we learn. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's, uh, I think that's a, a good part of coaching though, is now you have this understanding that, one shoe may not necessarily be the best shoe for you for the rest of your life. Last yeah. styles change, bodies change, and, mm-hmm. and people need to be more open about exploring other options besides that one it, shoe
0: it also, that they bought 6,000 pairs of. Right. Right. And that's, and that's what I did in the past because it, because it worked for me, but now it's, it's also very helpful because this level of trauma that I've been through and, and it's, it's past injury. Um, but the trauma that I've worked through when I'm working with athletes, there really is no excuse. Um, I, I don't care if you don't have a leg. I mean, really it's, it doesn't like where there's a will, there's a way. I mean, there's um, somebody that surfs here locally um, that only has, that only has one leg and yeah. there's, there's no excuses. So as I'm, you know, as I'm rehabbing, I think that a lot, I'm like, it's only a leg. And I still <laughs> have my leg. And it sounds like was, a Monty
3: Python movie. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I'll get your bloody arm off. <laughs> but it, but it, it reminds me what I'm working with. And you know what? So if I have to do more strength training and more mobility and more flexibility work, Um, so I can do the miles. Well, that's what I have to do. I mean, I still have my leg, which is a huge, 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 um, piece of gratitude for me because I didn't know if I was going to last year, you know, it was a very real possibility that they were going to take my lower leg. So I have my leg and, you know, I hope that, you know, when we're talking about coaching anybody, anybody can do this. I mean, the three of us, as great as we are, (laughs) I'm going (laughs) to say, we're, we're, you know, there's nothing really special about all of us, except that we just have drive and this willingness to, to figure it out. Um, It's, um, and I am a planner, you know, when it, when it comes to running and races and, you know, getting out the spreadsheets and and all that. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, you should see my
3: hiking spreadsheets for the summer to get down to. what i need for this and how is that going to relate to my big race and what Mm -hmm. things should i try and how far should i go and
0: yeah yeah me too Um, i think
3: i think coaches tend to be planners
0: yeah yeah and i'm I'm planning some winter hikes right now i'm so excited um because i just hadn't been able to do them um and i was talking with a friend and i was like you're gonna have to bring this and this And this, make sure you have, (laughs) we're bringing, you know, bring your, bring your, bring your snowshoes, but we're probably going to use spike, but make sure it's not just in your shoes. It's got to, you know, (laughs) going through, you know, going through the list of, and then I said, also, we could plan this great giant hike and it's the whites. And if we have to turn around, um, you know, if we have to turn around, you know, a mile up the trail, that's what it is. (laughs) It means we have to, it means we have to turn around the whites are rather unforgiving. So they are
3: we're um i'm planning a hut traverse in order to prepare for the jigger Johnson. um but my my friend doesn't really like to camp and we're we're not actually going to go straight through so we're going to stay at two of the huts along the way oh which which ones
0: Uh, where you where's the route it
3: goes from crawford notch uh carter carter lake hut Mm -hmm. all the way over to lonesome lake and the idea is that you're gonna uh I uh, can't remember X number of huts. I think it's like mm-hmm. eight huts yes. along the way. That it's sounds great. Fifty fifty plus miles. And so what we've decided is we're gonna break it up into three days, two nights. Oh, so fun. that it is fun, but now your goal is in your planning is that your breakfast is served at seven and your dinner is served at six. So now you have X number of miles to get in in this, you can't leave early. You can't stay out late if you want to eat or if you want to eat their food let's put it that way
1: mm-hmm. um,
3: and you've got 20 plus miles of alpine ridge to hit and what if it snows what if a thunderstorm comes up how do you handle from madison over to right. uh lake of the clouds hot you know uh is there protection what are you bringing and you're trying to go ultra light and what's
0: safe what's not
3: safe it's fun it's it's a
0: and boy there have been some gnarly uh trail rescues um as of late i don't know if you follow um yeah but um i mean in in most of the time people are prepared a lot of the time people are stupid um and just just have no just have no idea um i saw a Um, post i wouldn't
3: say i wouldn't say they're stupid i think most
0: because you're nicer than than I am
3: (laughs) yeah most most uh things that are really fatal have involved multiple bad decisions along the way yeah in other words you make one bad decision and now you feel a little committed to make another one and another one and what we have to realize is as we're out there even if we've made a bad decision we don't have to make the next Decision exactly, yep, and and that and that is a real hard thing to do when you feel pressure to. I've already started, yeah,
0: yes, exactly. You got to make the miles, you have to make your time, you're not going to get dinner, you have a plan, you have to be willing to scrap it, right? And that's hard, and I don't know if that's being
3: stupid. There are stupid people out there that are not prepared, don't get me wrong, but it's learning what is a bad decision and mm-hmm. then yeah. learning where your personal limits are and where you need to turn back and then being committed to doing so and mm-hmm. you need to make those decisions before you even get out
0: there exactly yeah i saw a post on the facebook this morning in one of my hiking groups and um a guy was hiking and he was surprised that his his phone froze, and he's like, "Well, it's a good yeah, thing I didn't have an emergency." Stupid. And it's like, "Yeah, that's what I mean. That's <laughs> that's what I mean. Like, you 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 have to bring something else. You cannot count on your phone. Um, not not in those circumstances. You need a you know you need a garment in Reach or you need something. But yeah,
3: uh, well, you need to protect as a photographer. You also need um do a lot of photography. You need to protect those batteries. It's the yep. battery you need to protect at all costs. So. Mm-hmm. Bring an extra set of batteries that has a hand warmer that's inside your coat. That's mm-hmm. decisions that are good decisions yep. and not bad
0: decisions, you know. Yes. Yeah.
3: Oh, your phone froze. Yes, it's minus thirty.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's that's but... what tends to happen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I am I'm super appreciative that that you came on and that you're joining us. And I hope um, I hope our paths cross literally, um, you know, really soon. Um, Before we finish up, why don't you just tell us how to find you Um, photography, um, your coaching business, whatever you want to whatever you want to get out there, please, please promo it.
3: Sure, I don't do my photography professionally anymore. Cause I'm busy oh, coaching okay. um but I do do it um I enjoy it um coaching is forward motion run coaching at gmail.com or um I'm on Facebook uh Mindy Randall or Mindy s Randall at gmail.com either one is fine um
0: you can come you're, on find Insta- me- you're on Instagram too, Instagram right? yeah Instagram
3: yep. um it's um uh, forward motion run coaching and uh twitter yes i tweet once in a while but not very often so <laughs>
0: sounds good and as our honored guest um you are picking the outtake song today so if you would kindly tell us what you pick for us and why Ooh. and um what did i pick
3: ah oh, <laughs> i can't even remember what i picked uh, long long
0: may we run
3: There you go. Thank you. That was so like an hour ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. You're fitting in well on this, on this ADHD podcast.
3: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. And not enough coffee. Uh, Long May We Run by Crosby, Steele's Nash and Young. Mm -hmm. And for multiple reasons, one in honor of uh, David Crosby's passing. Um, I grew up on that music and I just, Yeah, he was epic and will definitely be missed. Um, And then just the thought of long may we run. uh, Mm -hmm. In our coaching business, in our life, in the things that we enjoy, may we enjoy it
0: for a long, long time. I love it. Yeah, me too. I, I hope to see you in person soon. Um, it sounds like you and Sean may cross paths, um, before, before you and I do at the uh, yes. Johnson.
2: Yeah. Hopefully I'll see you in August.
3: Yeah. Well, he'll be, you know, he'll be 50
0: miles on when I'm starting. So
3: I,
2: will, I won't even see you. I'll just, it'll be like a blur. <laughs> yeah. you,
0: you guys can do a wave and a high five on the, uh, on, the on the way, on the way by each other. <laughs> well, I'll see you
3: out on the Facebook group. Awesome. There
0: you go. Awesome. There
3: you go. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. so much. What a pleasure. Thanks for being me. Good, good luck in Western States. Thank right. you.
0: Yep. Take care,
1: Megan. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: All right.